You know, uh, some of you have been around a long time, and you know, we, I used to sit on a stool every Sunday. This is kind of like a throwback, right? <laughs> right? You remember that? How many were actually around and you remember that? So, I don't think I'll sit on the stool every week, but today's good. Hey, I want you to look up a couple of verses, and then we'll, we'll look at those in a few minutes, but I want you to find them now. Psalm 46, 1. And Deuteronomy 33:27. you can just put your bulletin or whatever in there and, and we'll get to those in a little bit. <clears throat> and turn it on first. There we go. So, uh, where do I start? Gosh, it's been such a journey, let me tell you what. And... Uh, I wish I could say I have all the answers, but I think it's too soon for that. I think uh, when I'm 80, uh, I might have all, some of the answers. But, you know, right now I don't even quite have all the questions of stuff that's been happening. And, uh, you know, so what I wanted to talk about today, and I've been thinking about this for a while, uh, is things that matter. You know, your life comes to this jarring halt, right, all of a sudden, and and then you, you're kind of forced, really, to think about things that are important. And uh, some of you have been there. Uh, most of the time, you have no, like, idea that it's going to happen. And I think about Psalm 23. You know, he says, uh, you know, the Lord makes us to lie down in green pastures. You know, he, he kind of brings it to that place where he... He puts you into that place, and uh, so, so I want to I want to talk about uh, a short list of things that matter, and and here's here's the list here: faith, family and friends, fellowship, and the future of heaven. That's kind of good alliteration, right? And I'm I'm not even a Baptist, but I I kind of came up with that. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? You know. Um, we were talking yesterday with, I was talking with my family and kids and stuff about stuff when I was in the hospital, and uh, a lot of stuff I don't remember, like crazy stuff that I was saying and stuff I was doing, and uh, I guess one time, uh, it was like four in the morning, and I was like saying, okay, I'm just going to go home now, and uh, so the nurse said, I don't think so. And she went and woke up Justin, <laughs> and uh, he came and, you know, talked me down. Um, but crazy stuff that happened, you know, that, that, you know, I was completely unprepared for. This whole thing I was completely unprepared for. But, but I want to talk about these things here in a minute. But uh, before we get there, just kind of the history of, of what happened, and I hope you'll bear with me. Is it okay if I talk about this stuff? None of you are freaked out by this or anything. I had a picture, but I wasn't, I, I didn't really want to show it because it was pretty graphic of all these tubes and wires and everything. And uh, anyways, April, April 27th, uh, the first time this kind of happened to me, I, it was really only a couple of minutes. I felt this pressure in my chest and I was going like, I started sweating. I'm going like, what, what's this all about? And then I, I went to the urgent care, and they said, oh, you're fine. <laughs> and then 
the last time I spoke here was Sunday, May 7th, and, and I mentioned that. Some of you remember that. I mentioned that. I don't even remember why I mentioned it, but I mentioned that I thought I was going to, you know, I was, thought I was going to have, have a heart attack, so I went and checked it out, and they said I was great. But the interesting thing is that Sunday after church, we had these awesome ribs for lunch, and then it happened again that Sunday, uh, May 7th, and, and uh, I thought, Honestly, I thought I was having a gallbladder attack because of those fatty ribs I was eating. Seriously, that's what I thought. But it lasted about 30 minutes or so, and, uh, and uh, then it went away. And so then the next day, Monday, which is May 8th, I read in the morning in my, uh, my reading, I was on Romans chapter 9, which if you, if you know those sections, that Romans chapter 9 talks a lot about the sovereignty of God and, and how God, you know, is in control. And I, I read that that day on May 8th. And I felt, I felt fine. I was a little bit tired. And, and, uh, but I, I drove out to Exeter to see Glenn. And many of you know Glenn. And uh, he wasn't doing so well. And Glenn had cancer. And, uh, but while I was driving, this pressure came back. So I'm driving down the road going, Lord, like, what is going on? And uh, I probably should have pulled over sooner. But it, it subsided. And I got to where I was going. And I thought, well, okay. And we visited. Uh, Glenn and I visited. And he was, he was always so happy when, uh, when I would come to visit him. And, and, uh, but after really kind of near the end of that visit, uh, it started coming back again. And then it would not stop. And Glenn... Uh, well, Vanessa, who is Glenn's daughter, was there, and Lisa, uh, Vanessa's mother, uh, was there as well, and, and she's a nurse, and, and so I, I, I went outside, and I was going to drive myself to the hospital, which is pretty stupid, but I couldn't drive, and so I said, you gotta, you got to take me to the hospital, but she said, no, I don't want to do that, and so she called the rescue, Lisa did, and you know, I've never been in an ambulance before. And so I got to ride in an ambulance. And I haven't gotten the bill for it yet. But uh, we sat there waiting, and it was like, it seemed like it took forever for the ambulance to get there. So, but finally they came, and we got there, and we, we, we went to the hospital. And, and uh, sure enough, they said, yeah, you're having a heart attack. And we had these different doctors come in and say, you know, all these different things, like they didn't really know what they were talking about. Uh, and, and some of them say, well, you'll probably just go home. And I'm going, and my wife's going, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, so Tuesday morning, May 9th, um, I had the, the cath, heart catheter test where they send this thing into your, what was this arm? Into your veins, and then they go look inside your heart to see what's going on in there. And I thought... Seriously, I thought that, uh, or I hoped, that they're going to go in there and put the little stent thing in there and make you all good and everything, and then you go home that same day. That's what I thought. At least that's what I would hope that was going to happen. But uh, at the end of the test, he starts telling me all this stuff, and I'm, I'm just laying there. I'm just going, no, no, and because uh, what it meant was open heart surgery. And I thought, I, I kind of lost it. 
at that point. I wasn't ready for that. It was completely unpredictable for me. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I'm sorry, but this is kind of emotional. My, my daughter's 35th birthday, May 9th. And uh, I, I joke with her because her birth 35 years before was very traumatic. She was like, she just, uh, it was emergency C-section and all this stuff. And, and I said, see, this is payback for you now. <laughs> but, but I felt this huge, you know, when people found out, I felt this huge outpouring of love and prayer. And it encouraged me to keep going because I didn't, I was scared. I was scared to death. But Jesus, Jesus was my help and my hope. I was, I was in shock. How did I end up here? How did this happen to me? How did I get here? What's, what's going on? I mean, I was in pretty decent shape and, and, and exercised and tried to eat what was right. But probably genetic. Probably nothing I could do about it. And, and then I was in denial, you know, all this stuff's going on, and I, it's, this is not really happening. This is not real. And that was persistent. Uh, that, that, that kind of thought uh, happened and persisted for weeks, even after the surgery and everything. I'm just going, this is not really happening. This is not real. And uh, so... I'm let, you know, we're there in the hospital now, and we got transferred up to a different hospital, and I got a date for surgery, which would be May 12th, and, and then I really started to get anxious. I really started to freak out. Before that, I was, yeah, that's what's going to happen, but then they gave me a date, and then it was like, oh, now I'm going to freak out. You know, it's like, now it's real. Now it's going to happen to you. But, you know, we, we, got, we got there, and they helped us get to that point, and the surgery went well. Um, as far as I know, because I was, I was completely out. But, but it was like those days were like a, like a blur. And it's like I entered into this dark tunnel uh, after the surgery, and there was medications, there was nausea, there was uh, this loss of independence, uh, this discomfort. I, I have to say this, though, I never felt any major pain after all this surgery. That's amazing to me. And uh, a lot of discomfort, but, but no major pain at any point. But in all of it, God was there, really, at every step. I remember uh, when we got to Rhode Island Hospital, there were my, our first nurse was a Christian. And then just before we left, and there was probably some others, but uh, before we left, uh, the, the last nurse that was getting me ready to leave was a Christian as well. It was like God provided these people there to be there at the right, at the right time. But then the, the long process of recovery and, and uh, healing, it was like each day a little bit better. And I kept saying that, but, but it was true. Each day there was something that just got a little bit better. But, but, but let me tell you what, though, the days were like so long. Every single day is, was like an eternity. 
like, oh, you know, you wake up and then there's another day you got to go through. Another day, it's like forever, you know. And you think of that uh, scripture, you know, with the Lord, you know, uh, a day is like a thousand years. And that's like what it was. Like, I don't know if I can do another day, but, but what choice do you have, right? You, you just keep going. And that, you know, kind of, you know, that brings me to the, the things I want to talk about, things that really matter in, in, in all of this. And, and again, this is a short list, but I think it's, it's important and, and, and really, uh, let me get the other one up there. There it is. These, these scriptures that I had you look up, you know, the first thing that, that really makes a difference in the middle of all this is faith. It's faith. And, and, you know, you can say, well, you're just the preacher and you talk about stuff like that all the time. No, this is real. You know, I wasn't the preacher in that hospital. I was just a guy, right? I'm just a human being who's facing now this traumatic, incredible thing that, like, this is unbelievable. And your faith, it gets put to the test, right? Do you, is it real? Do you really believe do you really have a relationship with God? Because that's when I talk about faith, that's what I'm talking about, a relationship with God, with, cre with the Creator. I'm not talking about some, you know, creed. I'm talking about a reality of relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. I'm talking about calling out to Him when, uh, in the middle of that tunnel, when things were so very, very dark and and just calling out to him so many, many times, like, God, I can't do this. There's just no way I can do this. And yet, a little bit more strength, and that's the, the Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. That's real. That, that's what matters. That's, that's what... That's what I can say that God never left me alone. Every single time I would cry out like that, he would be there. He would be there. He would, he would help me through just for that moment. When I'm, when I'm <clears throat> you know, they said you've got to get up when you go home. You've got to get up and you've got to start walking. I mean, I didn't want to do anything, but that's what they said we've got to do. And, 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 you know, Anthony was there. My wife was there. They're saying, you've got to get up and do this. I said, I don't want to get up and do anything. So I would get up and, uh, you know, start with like four-minute walks in the house. So I had this little circuit inside, my, you know, from the living room to the kitchen to the, you know, dining room to the bedroom, and I had this little path, you know, that I'd take. And, I, and I'm walking around like this, my hands, I, I'm just, they say I was kind of shuffling like this. You know, that's kind of the way it was. I couldn't straighten up or anything. And so... They don't know this, but I'm just going, God, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. But, but God helped me to go the next step. So what I'm talking about faith. This, this scripture here, the, the eternal God, Deuteronomy 33, 27, the, the eternal God is your refuge, and, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Boy, I love that, you know. I have a devotional book that says, that says, uh, handwritten in the, in the inside cover, it says, remember Deuteronomy 33, 27a. And, you know, when all I could do was lay there, 
And this is the worst thing. I sleep on my side. I used to. I can't sleep on my side anymore. I don't know. Maybe someday I will, but you can't. I can't. And so I just lay on my back, but I, I, I would think about this scripture, and I think that God, under, underneath, underneath me, holding me up are the everlasting arms. That God is holding me up. That he's, that he's literally holding me up. And that was amazing. His arms holding me up. Faith. The, the other thing that, that really helped me out was, was this scripture here, even just these words. And, you know, the interesting thing is we were doing the Psalms on Wednesday nights, and my, I, was doing, I was in the rotation, and I was, I've been working on Psalm 23. And, the, and these verses, and I never actually got to uh, the place where, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that was the next section I was going to do before this happened. But this Psalm, Psalm 23, the very first part, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about how am I going to navigate all this stuff? Because it's just too much, you know. Uh, you, you've got all these different doctors, and some of them, they don't, you can't even, you can't even talk to them. You know, you've got to make an appointment, and they say, well, I'll see you in six months, and, but they want all these things to happen. And I'm thinking, there's no way, I can't navigate all this. I can't, I can't do this. But, but I was reminded of this first. The Lord is my shepherd. And he's going to navigate it all. And as the weeks and the, and the days have gone on, I've, I've seen him take care of each and every piece and put all these things together, working out the medication problems. And I'm having these you know, migraine uh, side effects from different medications and, and stuff. And, and he, and he kind of puts it together piece by piece. It didn't make it easy. It was difficult. But he was my shepherd, and, and, and that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about faith, that the Lord is, is, is my shepherd, and, and he's going to take care of me in each and every step. There was one night at home, and I remember I, I was laying there again, and it was trying to sleep, and the nights are long, the days are long, just everything is long. But I, I felt this throbbing in my chest, not, not here. Well, I didn't think it was my heart, but I thought it was something else going on here. And, and uh, I began to, like, worry. I began to, like, freak out. And, and I said, I was thinking, what if, what if it's not right? What if they did something wrong in there? What if I got to go and do this all over again? I thought, oh, man, I started started really uh, freaking out. But, but, but interesting enough, I, I, I saw this kind of, it was, it was like it was stamped over everything, over all this worry and fear and anxiety, but God. Amen. But God. You know, we, we, we can go lots of different places, but, but God is the one who turns things around. Faith, a relationship with him, you know, ultimately it's him and me. Ultimately, the, the, at the end of the day, it's you and him, just you and him. So what is, it, what is it that you have? Do you have that relationship when, when something, who knows what could possibly happen? And what, what's really, really important?
Number one, it's got to be number one, is that do you have a relationship with him? Are you, are, are you, are you uh, one of his own? We, we sang that, you know, that Father God, you know, are you one of his children? Have you surrendered to him? Have I surrendered to him? Number one, that's got to be it. And, and we talk about that all the time around here, and, and, and we emphasize it again and again, but, but, but that's where it all begins. That's where it all happens for you and for me. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear that today, that, that you need a relationship with Jesus. That's what's going to get you through. The second thing on the list here, and, and uh, you know, these kind of all overlap for me, but... Uh, this idea of family and friends, and uh, I can't really say enough. I fall off my stool here. Um, my family and my friends, I, you know, my wife. Um, yesterday we celebrated 39 years anniversary, and uh, 39 years. My kids, every one of my kids and, and the grandkids, you know, they all, they all played a part. They all did something. They all had a part in this whole thing. And, and what's important, what matters is, is the people around you. First God, of course, and then the people that you have, your family and, and uh, you know, the spouses and, and the grandkids, they'd babysit me, you know. Literally, they would come down and babysit me and and uh, if I got on the treadmill, uh, one of them would be there just to make sure I didn't slip off or something. But, you know, each of them, they, they would sit with me, and, and when I made no sense, and they, uh, you know, some of them would sleep in the hospital. Just, just so I knew they were there. You know, that, that means a lot. They would advocate for me when I was too weak to do what needed to be done, and, 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 you know, they gave of their lives to me. And my friends say, oh, you have friends? <laughs> I got a couple of friends, and, you know, friends are important. You know, they texted me, and they emailed me, and they sent me cards, and, and, and you know, in all of this, it was like, I, I don't deserve any of this. My, my thought is that we need to pay attention to the people that are around us, the family and the friends that we have. You really do, because it really matters. There's a lot of other stuff in life, but, but what's more important? You know, fame and fortune, we, we could have those things, but I was thinking about fame and fortune, and, and these things actually isolate you from those things, from the people. The, the next thing in, in, uh, is fellowship, and, and when I say fellowship, I'm speaking about the church family, being a part of the fellowship, being a part of the fellowship. There's, there's something that's here. I don't know that we always realize it, but there's something here. You know, when I came here last week, I was pretty nervous. Um, I shouldn't have been, but I was, I was soon overwhelmed by the love that I felt. There's something here, and, and I, I want to encourage you uh, to, to, to get involved and to be a part of what's 
what God has given to us. It's something special. Get involved and get to know people. You say, I don't have any friends. Well, there are, there are potential friends sitting right next to you in, in this very room. And get involved and find, you know, find ways to serve, find ways to, to help. And, and that really matters. That really matters in the end. And not only that, but it blesses us. It blesses you and me when we get involved, when we get to know people. You know, my friends, the people I consider friends are, are people that I see around me here. We have something very special, and I think we, we sometimes tend to take things for granted. But... God has given us something. He's given us a gift. The last thing is the future. Something that really matters here is, is uh, something, the future and, and uh, really about heaven. You know, I don't like to sensationalize things, but the truth is it could have ended up differently. It could have, it could have ended up very differently. And I talked to the doctor before the surgery, and I said, you know, they told, me, they told me that I had kind of a mild heart attack. And he said to me, well, I think it was a little more than mild. And he talks about the troponin, which is some kind of uh, enzyme or something that happens when your heart is in trouble. And it secretes this enzyme to try to fight against it or whatever. So he said, you were leaking some pretty good troponin or whatever it's called. So, you know, it could have been very different, you know, and, and, uh, but, but I just feel God's mercy, you know, upon my life. That he, and, and people, a lot of people said that to me, you know, you, you've got things to do. You're still needed. You're still, there's some stuff that you still need to accomplish and that's why you're here. You know, but because of Jesus, if it had ended up differently, I would have been home. And that's important. That, that matters. The fact is that one day we will all face it. We will all face it. And, and I've been given a, a, a second chance, maybe you might call it. Uh, but I know people, I, I, you know, one of my uh, good friends is wife is battling cancer and and it's it's a very difficult and very hard hard time and and we don't know how it's going to turn out but it's 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 we're all going to face it one day or another and i and perhaps that's what i was talking about weeks ago when i when i referred to that time that first experience that i had but but the question is are we ready for it are we ready for it are you ready for it, it it's it is heaven your future? That's really what I want to say because, you know, God so loved the world. That's the scripture. We know this scripture. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? But it talks about in John 1 that that you know, we need to believe in Him. We need to trust in Him. We need to receive Him into our hearts and lives. And, and I don't know every single one of you where you stand with Him. 
you say, well, there's some kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of getting urgent about this. And, and, I, and I, yes, I, 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 there is an urgency about it. I think I would be uh, dishonest if I, if I didn't feel that way. I'm not going to hammer you. I'm not going to, uh, you know, make a big deal uh, about it. But, but there is something that when you come face to face with, with what, you know, we're all heading towards, you need to know that, that the difference between heaven and hell is Jesus Christ and a relationship with him. That's what makes the difference. I want to uh, read to you a, a story about the evangelist D.L. Moody. And uh, we're going to have communion in a few minutes. And, uh, but D.L. Moody was a preacher in, in uh, the 1800s. So uh, on a Sunday night in October of 1871, uh, he was preaching to a very, very large crowd in Chicago. And the text that evening that he had was this. Uh, his message was entitled, What Shall I Do Then with Jesus, Which Is Called Christ? And so that was what his message was about, uh, taken from Matthew 27. And so at the end of his sermon, uh, he said this. He said, I wish you would take this text home with you and turn it over in your minds during the week. And next Sabbath, we will come to Calvary and the cross. And we will decide what to do with Jesus of Nazareth. That's what he said. Next week, we'll get back together again. At that point, uh, he had a guy named Ira Sankey, who was his music, uh, music guy. And he began to lead a song, uh, but they never finished the song because it's at that point in time on that night, he said, what, it says, while he was singing, the rush and the roar of the fire engines whistled by the church on the street outside. And before morning, much of the city of Chicago lay in ashes. The big Chicago fire. Says to his dying day, Mr. Moody deeply regretted that he had told that congregation to come next Sabbath and decide what to do with Jesus. He said, I have never since dared to give an audience a week to think of their salvation. He said, if they were lost, they might rise up in judgment against me. I have never seen that congregation since. I will never meet those people until I meet them in another world. But I want to tell you of one lesson that I learned that night, which I have never forgotten, and that is when I preach to press Christ upon the people then and there and try to bring them to a decision on the spot. He said, I would rather have that my right hand would be cut off than to give an audience a week now to decide what to do with Jesus. That's pretty serious, isn't it? What's the message? The message is decide now. We're going to have communion in just a, in just a couple of minutes. And, and communion is a, a celebration of the cross of Jesus Christ. But it's, 
If you are not a believer, if you have not surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ, well, you shouldn't partake anyways. It's just a ritual. It's not something that means anything to you. But you can decide right now, if you haven't decided already, that you want to be a follower of Jesus, that you want to give your life to him, and, 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 and that, you, that you do believe that he died on the cross for you. And those of you that, that have already done that, that's what you're celebrating. You're remembering his death until he returns back for you and for me, is what it says. One more scripture I'll put up on the screen for you is this one here. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, speaking about love, but he says this, and do this, understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Sometimes we just need to wake up. Just need to wake up. For those of us that have already believed, we're one day closer to heaven. For those of us that haven't believed yet, we need to wake up and understand this is what makes the difference in life between life and death. So let's pray now and then, and then we'll have the communion come and, and uh, let's, let's bow our heads and our hearts and, and uh, pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your great love, that you so loved the world that you gave your son Jesus. I thank you personally for what you've done in my life, even through these last uh, six weeks or so, and, and uh, how you've had mercy and allowed me to be here even today. And I thank you that You've given me uh, so much. I have so much to be thankful for. And, and how you walked with me in, through the valley of the shadow of death. I thank you for my family and my friends, for this fellowship. I thank you for heaven, the future that is very, very bright. It's hard here, but we have a we have a home waiting for us in heaven. We sing about it. Father, I pray here today that each and every one would, would uh, come face to face with the, the question, am I ready? Am I ready today if something happened? Would I be ready to stand before you? Father, I know that you gave us your son Jesus to help us to be ready. And the only way to be ready is by trusting in him and the cross. Maybe that's you this morning as we are here and you need to just get right with him. Don't wait till next Sunday. Don't wait till tonight. Wait. Don't wait at all. Just get right with him right now. He's reaching out to you. He wants you to come to Him, to trust Him. Simply call out and say, Dear Jesus, I, I need you in my life. Help me today. I reach out to you. I ask you in to my life and my heart. Save me, Lord. I'm lost.
Father, thank you again for all that you have done for us. May you receive all the honor and the glory that's due to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.